Welcome back to another Macman in the Middle, and I'm joined today with Michael, Michael Bowers, of course. And Michael, the Sunderland Rascals have done it again, haven't they? They left it late again, but we come away with three points. And for someone who was there, Michael, just take a minute and kind of just walk me through what, what was the whole day like you know, at the, at the away end there? It just looked incredible. Oh, well, let's go all aboard the positivity train again. Uh, <laughs> always is when Kyle's there, especially when he's on, but even when he's hosting, it was brilliant. Um, the day itself, actually, well, the day itself in general is actually quite good. Um, I must say, uh, if there's anyone from Oxford uh, listening to this, I can't think why there would be, but if there is anyone from Oxford listening to this, can you please improve your internet connection in the sports bar, please? Because it's a shock. <laughs> but um, that aside, uh, the ground's all right. Look, I mean, compared to a lot, what a lot of grounds are like in League One, Oxford's isn't that bad. I actually think it's a, it's a decent, it's probably a championship level stadium. Um, in my opinion, it's um, just the three course, stands, right? They have they have an open. I mean, end. yeah, that was funny. Uh, there was there was a chant going <laughs> in the first half where I think it was like, "You've only got three stands, three stands." <laughs> uh, Kyle, honestly, we need to get you on an away day. I think you'd absolutely. I, it. Trust me, it's in the books. It's in the books. So I'll right, figure it out. If we, if we get the playoff final at Wembley, guys. We'll get we'll get a GoFundMe to get Kyle down to Wembley. Absolutely. But, you know, uh, the, the day itself, obviously, the day, I'm one of these people where the day out is heavily influenced by what the result is. But from a social perspective, um, it was rammed. The, the bars before the game were rammed. Um, it was like a very typical sort of springtime atmosphere uh, for me anyway with the game. And then obviously as the game kicked off, you know, we the, the celebrations obviously were pretty big when Corey Evans scored. And then... It was kind. Of, there was a little bit of frustration in the second half, starting to build. Um, we yep. weren't really yep. looking like we were doing all that much. But obviously, as soon as you get that late winner, well, what feels like the twenty thousandth late winner that we've had this season, we the the, the 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 carnage was just unbelievable in that away end. It was limbs. It was people toppling over each other. It was just pandemonium. <laughs> um, and I, I'm, you know, it is. It's, it, I felt so great to be have been a part of that. Um, funnily enough, actually, funny story. One of my mates, Sean, who's Sean Middleton, who's on uh, Fans React, one of the YouTube channels, um, he usually leaves about probably 10 minutes from the end to set his content up. And he's and every single time he's done it recently, we've always scored a winning no, goal. No. No, oh, no. Oh, no. Against Wood, scored twice. Crew scored twice. Gillingham last week and then uh, Oxford yesterday. It, and I said to one of my mates, who we all he drove us down, so we all went together. And I said to someone next to us, now he's buggered off. We might actually get a late winner when it was like five minutes before we actually scored. <laughs> um, uh, Coming because I didn't part of me didn't actually think we would do it because I didn't think we were looking like doing anything. But when uh, as soon as Embleton's shot hit the bottom corner, again it was just pandemonium. Uh, it was it was great. It was probably one of the best, one of my favourite away days I can remember. Uh, yeah, and it's just yeah, what just overall, it's just one of those games. So, so just to kind of recap. Obviously, Sunderland comes away with the win, two one over Oxford. Oxford, who I don't think we've lost at Kassam Stadium yet. So I think that that trend continues. Hopefully, this is just the last time we have to play there for a while. Um, but this really was. I mean, this was a game we looked at all week, and like you know, the pressure is building, the anticipation was building because this this was a an extremely vital game just for obviously the run in. But also the way the other results went, which we'll get to toward the end, um, is just massive. But the way we set up today, a little bit different, which is kind of becoming an Alex Neal staple is, you know, just because one side wins one week does not guarantee it the next week, which I, I prefer. I think that makes sense. Um, obviously, Patterson and goal, Winchester right circuit along the back line with Josh Clark um, and Gooch. 
Clark on the wing. I don't, I don't, yeah, know, who, sorry. I don't know who Josh Clark is, but I don't know who <laughs> yeah, Jack Clark is. Yeah, I'm just Jack Clark. Sorry. No, I was looking at looking at their, yeah, excuse me, Jack Clark. Corey Evans in the middle with Jay Matete. Matete was, you know, when we looked at the, the lineup again, we were, you know, everyone was pretty excited to see him back on the field because, you know, he had been out for the last, you know, couple games, but um, came in right there in the middle next to Evans. Then you had Broadhead, Stewart, and Patrick Roberts up top. So a few changes there, but what was your first reaction seeing the lineup uh, before the game? Um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll start by this because I know you love Lyndon Gooch, and obviously I've been his biggest critic. But I actually <laughs> was, I actually was in favor of him starting the game because I felt that these sort of games, I don't mind Gooch, especially if he's a wingback, right. because this was a game, and I know a lot of people will we'll dissect the performance later, I'm sure, but a lot of people. I didn't think we played particularly well on the whole. And the reason I'm supposed to be fair, I didn't expect to go to Oxford and completely out-football them and outplay them. That the Oxford are not Oxford obviously right. have their own deficiencies, but they're not a bad League One team. They're not they're, they're the highest scorers in the division. So I knew there was going to be long periods where we were going to have to be chasing the ball and having to really dig in. And I think Lyndon Gooch, that sort of thing suits him to a T. So I was happy to see him starting. I was actually quite disappointed to see both Clark and Roberts starting just because, and I rate both of them, um, especially Roberts quite highly for this level, but I didn't think this was the game for them. I thought this would have been one where we were going to have to do a lot more defending than what we've probably been accustomed to in the last few weeks. That's a good point, so, yeah. Yeah, um, I mean, I think we went with the back three, which I was quite happy about because Oxford obviously tends to go with the back three, so we matched them up. Um, in general, obviously, I think... I don't know. I think I probably there's a couple of players I probably would have started ahead of like Clark and Roberts, but at the end of the day, Alex Neal's the manager and I'm not. So you know, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, one day, Michael, you never know. You know, get those licenses up. You know, we, yeah. We'd I love mean, to, see uh, to be fair, I think we're, I think I need to come across a very desperate football club that's got no other <laughs> options whatsoever. But I'll take. Well, exactly. But uh, the game starts and it uh, started pretty similar to, to what we've seen the last few weeks. I you know I felt like both sides. For one, it's just nice to go against other teams that have something to play for or that, that aren't just set up just to frustrate us. Right. Like that, that yeah. is like the most unenjoyable football to watch when the other team has no desire to play and just to you know, pack it back. But I thought both teams kind of came out in the first few minutes. And I think uh, Patterson was forced into a save pretty early. Um, and then, you know, we just kind of kept chugging away. We had a set piece opportunity bounced around like four or five times. And then none other than Corey Evans was there to, get a little toe poke in and so you were in the away end for that uh Corey Evans a little bit I would say he has been so that was at the 16th minute he's been kind of the guy right on social media people you know dig out there's always one right there's always one in the, in the yeah, starting we're not lineup you, Josh we're not looking at you yeah <laughs> yeah we're, we're not gonna mention any names uh for the hate club but you know I I've come on the pod last few weeks and I said you know I understand the frustrations like I get frustrated with him as well but he's done well for the most part, he hasn't made any critical errors. Yeah. And and there he was to, to put away the first goal. Yeah, I mean, obviously, look, we, we know we're not going to lie. We did, he did, we did get lucky the way that the ball fell for us. But at the end of the day, Corey Evans was there, right place, right time, and slotted it into the bottom left corner. Um, to be fair, I've been someone, and I've said this before, that I think with Evans, my biggest criticism of him is his lack of leadership. But that's not his fault being named the captain. That's down to Lee Johnson. Um, if we're being totally fair to him. And the last couple of games, I actually think he's done all right. I don't think I don't think he's been great, but I think he's just steadily kept things ticking over in the midfield. And especially again, and again, like with Gooch, Evan, this was a game where I thought Evans probably should be playing because it's one where we're going to have to do a lot of off-the-ball stuff and a lot of chasing the ball. Um, so, granted, Evans, it wasn't, Evans would have been probably the last person I would have expected to open the scoring if I had to think of it before kickoff. 
But at the end of the day, we got a good... It, it, obviously, we got a couple of lucky bounces. But to be fair, I actually think away from one of my mates pointed out after the game that I think we would do a bit of luck away from home after the Charlton and Lincoln games. So it's nice to actually have got it for a change. <laughs> right. And you could just see, too, in the celebration, you know, as Evans kind of, he'll wheel away after the goal. And, and you could see, you know, the teammates around him, they obviously like him, right? Like, like the team does rally behind him and respect him. He's got a lot of experience. You know, he's an international player. So just seeing that and, and coming up on the road in, in a situation like this, maybe away from home, takes a little bit of pressure off him. But nonetheless, I mean, to be there, put the goal away. It wasn't the prettiest goal, but it's absolutely what you'd expect. They all you know, count. They all yeah, right. They all count the same Same for one. And so we took the lead there and right around that 16-minute mark. And I think we even had an opportunity right before that as well with um, Ross Stewart kind of going down the right side and squared it perfectly to Broadhead. And I think Broadhead just got his – his heels clipped a bit as he's trying to set up for a shot. Yeah. And it's always tough when you miss that first golden opportunity, you realize, okay, we like we can't be squandering these. And luckily, we had this goal kind of come right off the heels of that, which was nice. But then then really from there on out, like the way I saw it, at least streaming it, um, Oxford was absolutely the, the more dominant side for about the next 20, 30 minutes, you know? Nice. And uh, it all kind of came to a head. I, the thing I kept noticing is, is it was a physical game, right? And and I think Gooch is one who's physical, obviously. Um, Jack Clark is one who's not necessarily physical, not the best defending, though. And I think he gave away some some free kicks as well. But he did give away a free kick on the left side of the box, uh, which was whipped in and a nice headed goal um, for Elliot Moore of Oxford, and that that tied the game there with thirty, you know, at the thirty five minute mark. And then I just kind of realized, okay, we're we're going to be in for it, aren't we? Well, I thought the same. Well, uh, well, funny enough, actually, I went to go the uh, I went to go down to go to the go to the restroom, as you, as I know a lot of Americans have called it before. Maybe I'm being stereotypical. <laughs> right. It, but the point was, right. I came out. Apologies, apologies, to any American fans listening. Um, but I came out, and then I was just starting to walk up the stairs, and then I heard a cheer. So I didn't see the goal at first, um, so I couldn't make a judgment on what it was like. But I saw it back on the way home, and although it's a good header. I felt it, I don't know why he had all the freedom of Oxford to have make the run to meet the ball in the first place. He should have been challenged, but nevertheless, from there, I agree with you. I think from the minute we took the lead, certainly to half time, I felt Oxford were the ones in the ascendancy. They were the ones pushing for more goals, even after getting level. They were the ones that were looking much more likely to get the to get the second goal um, or get this. And that was one where I thought, right, okay. Later on in the first half, with the ascendancy Oxford was having, we needed to get to half time to sort of try and settle the game down and just try and settle any nerves down. Um, so, I mean, and like, as you said, Oxford are a team that had something to play for, and they're a team that, with all due respect to the likes of your Fleetwoods, your Crews, and your Gillinghams, don't just don't just play against us to time waste like they've got, like they've like, like, like they've got a, a bet going on with how slowly they can take a goal kick. Um, it, they're actually interested in trying to play football, so. That, that, that was always going to be a challenge. I, I, like I said, I hate playing Oxford because they always, always give us a tough game. Um, and apart from last season, every victory, we've only, either only beaten them by one goal or we've drawn against them. So it it just shows how tight it was. But yeah, Oxford were definitely in the ascendancy towards the back end of the first half. And thankfully, we got to half time when we did without going behind because I dread to think what would have happened. Right. And you know, coming into that, you know, coming out of halftime, excuse me. Um, I believe there was some halftime subs. I had missed coming the first few minutes of the second half, but I do believe there was a couple subs made. Is that correct? Or I know at least one. 
There was um, one. Um, Patrick Roberts came off and Luke Nine came off. That's right. Yep, and Luke Nine kind of came into that attacking midfield role. I think Broadhead kind of just moved more to a traditional, you know, um, out wide striker from what I saw. Yeah. And then the next, pretty much the next 40, 44 minutes, it was it was pretty dire. I mean, I just remember watching just nothing. Nothing came off for us. Every every pass was a little bit wayward. You know, we were passing right to the other team a lot of times and encountering. Credit to us, though. Defense held strong. I don't think we gave away any clear-cut opportunities for them. Um, but what were you kind of seeing as the second half went on? What was kind of your interpretation of what you were seeing on the field? I think Oxford had a couple of efforts that were just wide of the post. They had... Actually, to be fair, there was one, very, and I'll give Anthony Patterson some massive credit here. Oh, yeah. Was one, yeah. yeah I know you, you know what I'm going to talk about here. There was a cross that came in from the right-hand side, and I can't remember who it was for Oxford, but someone headed it right at Patterson from six yards out. But the ball was travelling at some speed the minute his head connected with it. And Patterson managed to claw it out, basically, and put it out for a corner. That's a vital. That was a vital save. So that was really the most major thing. It does right around 60, 65 minutes or Something so. Like so. Yeah, it yep. was just it was around the hour mark at one one, and obviously again if that goes in, Oxford have come from behind to win at home. Tails are up, and then I think we I think the best we get out of that is a point. Um, so and this, and, and worst case scenario we end up losing the game. Of course, thankfully it didn't happen, but that was a crucial moment. Oxford obviously were the one having a bit were being more composed with the ball, especially creating more in the final third. But the, just the finishing touch wasn't there. Um, but to be fair. Again, like I've said before, we were not going to go there and completely dominate and outplay them because that's just Oxford press you. Oxford give you a go every time. And if you look at the the games they've had recently, they were unlucky to lose at Plymouth. Um, granted, to be fair, that at Morecambe when you took when you throw away the lead, that's yeah. really poor, especially against a team down the bottom of the league. That's something we do. Up, apparently, they've come up again. The last few games, they've come up against some keepers in brilliant form. So they must just be sick of the sight of goalkeepers, to be honest. <laughs> Having said having said that, our defence for the most part did held reasonably strong, but as you said, nothing was going for us going forward. Every bounce was misplaced, every ba- pass was misplaced. There was touches that were poor. Uh, the, the passes that just were going astray. It was just it was it was quite it was getting more and more frustrating as the half was going on. That not nothing just seemed to have happened, and I can't remember anything that we really created um, in the first forty minutes of the second half. It was. And it started to look like, it, for me, it was going to peter out towards a 1-1 draw, which I actually don't think. I mean, thankfully, we won. <laughs> so this point, <laughs> I'm going to be completely irrelevant. But I'm going to say it anyway. When we, if we drew 1-1, I don't think that would have been the worst result in the world, especially when you look at the other results that happened. Sheffield Wednesday, Bournemouth and Wickham didn't win. Um, Plym- uh, Sheffield and Wickham in particular conceded late goals. So if we have, if that if that had happened and we drew one one, I think it would not have been anywhere near as bad. But at one point we were, I think we were four points off the playoffs because we were drawing, and Sheffield and Wickham were winning the games. So obviously it's like, oh, this isn't ideal. Um, but obviously, as I know you want to be as your next talking point, I would imagine the game was pretty dire for about forty minutes. But obviously the end of the game was anything but dire. Right. One player I wanted to kind of pick out a little bit. So as as we were watching the game. And, you know, I'm in the Discord. A lot of people are chatting about it. But, you know, I felt like Jay Matete had just a horrible game. You know, hor- and, like, I'm probably, like, I could rewatch it and it would be you know, less horrible than I remember. But I just remember seeing him out there just not not being able to connect, not really winning these second-half balls or second-chance balls or anything like that. And he was just frustrating the life out of me. And then him, uh, on top of that, we had um, Clark and Roberts, who anytime they had any space down the left-hand side, they would just cut it in every time. And it's like, 
guys, they obviously know what you're going to do. <laughs> you have you have the one move to cut inside. They're going to just keep you know keep shading that inside. And that's when I, I I basically just got to the point. I was like, well, we're probably settling for a draw here. We had a substitution. We took Nathan Broadhead off, brought um, Danny Bath on, or Danny Bart, excuse me. And yeah, as soon as that happened, I was like, well, I guess we are settling for a draw here. And, you know, now we're just hoping not to lose it. You know, Oxford was was really kind of starting to bring it. They were getting some good opportunities. So now I'm like, okay, well, we're we're shoring up the back a little bit. We're just trying not to lose it. And then our last substitution was Jack Clark coming off at the 85th minute for Elliot Embleton, who we'll get to. Um, and then, yeah, it's pretty scrappy the last few minutes. And then Jamie Tete receives the ball and does exactly what he's in there to do. And probably the only player that we've had in the midfield in the last couple of years who does it, able to turn a man and just push up field. Doesn't look to pass. He just got the ball and realized now's the time. Let's attack forward. Had some nice link up play with Luke 09, who I thought came in and gave us the spark that we needed when he came on as a sub. Um, definitely changed the energy. Um, 09 lays it off to Stewart. And I was thinking right there, just shoot it. Just shoot it, Ross Stewart, you're a leading scorer. But a perfect one-time pass right into the path of Hamilton, who slots it away at the 89th minute. And go ahead and, and what, what was the away in like at, at that point? Announce limbs, announce carnage. Um, <laughs> that was that 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 those limbs was probably some of the best moments I can remember as a Sunderland fan. And obviously we've had a lot of well shite. Basically, we've had a lot of, to put it, to put that, and that's putting it mildly. We've had a lot of um, horrible things to put up with, but that was. I think there was so much nervous energy amongst the away fans, and including myself, there was a lot of nervous energy right before that goal that was ju just exploded and released as soon as Embleton scored. Um, and I think, and I think as well, this late winner felt very significant for me. It felt very. It's one thing doing it against Gillingham, but doing it away from home against Oxford, who are not a bad side, and we're going for the playoffs themselves to me, feels momentous. That's the word that I've used quite a few times. Especially feels, this late in the season, too. I mean, this, we're... It, it's, it's, and especially, as much as my heart rate would greatly prefer we score earlier, um, the confidence these players are getting and the momentum that's going to build from getting these late winners, especially yesterday when I didn't think we deserved to win, um, I think it says a lot about how we keep going till the end. And as far as your assessment with the the players are concerned. I actually thought that Matetti had a pretty good game, personally. I think in terms of his... I think it was a game where distribution was lacking from a lot of players. I think That's that probably fair, yeah. But for me, what, what I noticed, what impressed me the most about Matetti, as you mentioned, touched upon, that he was able to get his man, turn, beat him for dead, and just ran. Just ran with it, kept the ball, and left Oxford players for dead every time he did it. And I think that tenacity was a big part of why we ended up starting to gain a little more control or, or at least didn't crumble and end up um, conceding and end up losing the game. And I agree with you about 9 actually. I didn't think of, didn't think about this until after I got home, that 9 brought a different energy when he came on. And particularly, he was attacking right in front of the away fans. He was interchanging with Lyndon Gooch. He was interchanging uh, with Carl Winchester. He was, he, was, he was linking up one-twos, triangles, everything. He was doing all of that sort of stuff. So eventually, that sort of tenacity paid off in the end. Um, but Dan, to, to go back to your point, uh, the away end, the, like said, the away end just exploded. There's a YouTuber called Away Days on YouTube. If you type it in, he was at the game. He was a neutral. And Wonderful. If you just look at his video when, when Sunderland scored the second goal, it, it's just it, it, the noise is just deafening. 
Yeah, um, I mentioned to you before the pod. It's like that's what I love about the wind. It's just being able to go, go online and find all these, you know, the social media and the videos and stuff. It's just, it's exactly, just the best. Yeah, but, yeah. but yeah, to bring it back to Jay Matete, I think the the thing that he has that I don't think any other player possesses because he does have just a really solid natural ability, a good touch, good dribble. But he's kind of got that young confidence, and he's not like an extremely young guy by any means. But he is still pretty young. He's got that confidence where he could try something throughout the entire game, and it doesn't come off for him at all for for 80, 85 minutes. But it doesn't stop him doing it. Doesn't again, stop him. Doesn't, doesn't stop him from trying it again. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, and that and that's exactly what we needed. Somebody who needed to at at that point in the game take Brother Struff in the neck and say, "Hey, I'm going to go and help us win this game right now." You know, we've had other players in the past. They get the ball, they pass it back. They get the ball, they just hoof it up. Finally, we get somebody in the midfield who gets the ball, has the pace and ability to to drive right at him. Because you know Oxford's sitting there, you know, yeah. <laughs> panicking a little bit. And um, and credit to Embleton too, because I, I made a comment earlier in the game in the Discord, just saying it just doesn't look like anybody cares. You know, there's a moment in the in the middle of the second half. It's like, does anybody care? Does anyone know what's at stake? And I know that's ridiculous. I know they do all care, but you know, you kind of get swept up in the emotions. But you look at no, players you, like. You look at body language sorry in the second half if you look at the yep. body language i did question how badly do you want to win the game um, right and they looked to me like we were happy to let and, and don't get me wrong i know i'm contradicting myself because i've just literally picked up to oxford up here but my but at the same time there's a difference between respecting that you are going to have to do work with off the ball and not trying to do anything on the ball there's a bit of a difference between the two of them for me and Sometimes when we had a lot of the when, when we did have the ball, we were very poor with it um, for large parts, where we weren't taking the response, taking that extra bit of responsibility to try and turn a draw into a win. Um, Q Ellie, Q Sir Elliot Embleton, of course, uh, and you know it, it was frustrating. But it's one of those games. Like I said, I, I don't like playing Oxford. As far as I'm concerned, I don't want to play them ever again in the league. It's just, just Carl, um, it's Carl Robinson. No, because the I dislike Oxford. I just don't like the way that they don't give you an easy game at all. Um, I don't know what it is about them, but at the end of the at the end of the day, yes, you, you're right. Look, I was getting frustrated in the second half watching it, but like I said, it's it's put it this way: if you if you end up finishing in the playoffs, look at look at you, you look back at games like this and think that's why we're end up we've got a chance of going up now. Right, and, and yeah, we'll get we'll get to that then. We'll kind of recap what what the last few weeks have been and what the next few weeks are. But it's just another game. Alex Neal makes the substitutions that win the game. Right. I mean, this is it. I've, I've never really seen anything like it, you know, where impact subs come on like this subs that uh, you look at our bench and you're like this. This could be a League One team by itself. <laughs> right. This could yeah. this, every one of these players could start for a League One team bar none. It, and yet I think it's a credit to Alex Neal because he's he's obviously got the team to focus and saying just because you're not starting does not mean you're not important to this team and you have to be ready. And we've seen it before where sometimes you bring subs on and you can tell they are so checked out. They don't want to be there. You know, because they're upset that they that they're not starting or this and that, or they wanna they wanna transfer somewhere else. But it's a credit to Alex Neal right now to get the team, everybody top to bottom, saying, you never know when your moment's going to come and you have to be ready for it. And Embleton, to go back to the point where, you know, I, I said nobody cares on this club is what it feels like at times. Elliot Embleton's obviously somebody who cares, right? Luke O'Nine, I think, is another one. Lyndon Gooch is another one. But Embleton, you know kind of what it means to him, and he's been in this situation. That's why the loan last season at Blackpool, where it did get a lot of criticism because he played very well for Blackpool. He got them promoted. He's used to these situations. He was in it all last season. So in a weird way, that loan could be the the difference, right, in getting someone like him confident to know this is what the end of the season is like. This is what we have, the yeah. type of form we have to hit, and he's used to it. And, you know, credit to Alex Neal and credit to, to Embleton and to put that away. But 
Yeah, what a game. I just I can't keep doing these late games, man. They're these late it's like winners. They're not good just... for your blood pressure, are they? Um, oh. But you know what? You're right, though. Like The point you made about Embleton and Neat and Alex Neal, both of them have experience of winning the playoffs. Um, and Embleton's is as recently as last season, where Embleton himself knows what's required. Uh, Alex Neal knows what's required because he's won the playoffs twice as a, as a, as a manager. So that that could be a that could be a pretty big combination, and especially again, like I've said before, if you get into these playoffs, if we get into the playoffs now, we're obviously going to enter them on a much better run of form than we have the last two times we've been in there. The last two times have been we've entered them off the back of a one win in seven or eight, that sort of run in, which is poor. It's awful to go into the playoffs. This time we have to get on a good run to finish in the playoffs. So if you finish in the playoffs, you've got a good you've had a good run to get yourself there in the first place, if that makes sense. So um the fact yeah. we've had a good run and the fact we've got a player who knows what it's like and a manager who knows what it's like to get in the playoffs, for me, that can only help us um in the run in. Obviously we still have to finish in the playoffs, but the momentum shifted when I I realised that Wickham had drawn uh, because yep. funny, enough, funny story actually I as soon after we scored um, obviously we had the chance with Ross Stewart right afterwards to make it three one which he should have uh, he should have buried but nevertheless it didn't cost us thankfully but when we were when we were ahead I saw someone looking on their phone in front of me and I saw the league to one table and I saw Sunderland sixth and I was saying to my mate hang on a minute that's not right Wickham were winning and then I checked the score lines like oh get in Gillingham have equalised. Uh, and then obviously I did, and then even better afterwards, I found out Sheffield Wednesday dropped points. So um, the point is, ma- maddeningly, out of all the teams to go in for the playoffs, we were the only ones to win. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we had the, and Bolton, to be fair, is a pretty tough game, but we had, in my opinion, the toughest assignment out of all the teams away from home in the playoff mix. So I never would have expected that. So there's just, there's just a little sense here that I think something's building. Uh, and I might be wrong, announcing about two weeks' time when we're finishing ninth in League One and I'm going to flat my face. But I honestly it, think right right now, I, I get the feel. I don't know, it might just be me, but I get the feeling that we're building something. Yeah, and, and just like you said, it, this was one of those games where in the past we would either A, lose it or draw it, right, and draw points. And then everyone else around us would win, of course, because that's just how, how, how it's always worked. I feel like this is the first time that we came away, we had the late winner and everybody else kind of, you know, bottled, not bottled it, but you know what I mean, where, where they... No, he did late, didn't they? Right. beat a Burton team that's down the bottom third of the league, and Sheffield Wednesday... Gillingham, Drew with Wickham. Exactly, yeah. both Sheffield Wednesday and Wickham conceded late goals. So they're going to, who's going to be, and we've just, we've scored late again. So we're going to be on much more of a high than what they currently will be right now. Absolutely. Yeah, and so as it stands, we are, we stuck in at sixth, right? We're... Fifth, sixth, seventh, Sheffield, Sunderland, and Wickham all on seventy-three points, which is just mad. I mean, it's just but we do have the game in hand, which is nice. Um, we have the game coming up this Friday against Shrewsbury, which that's kind of the team you'd you'd want to face at this point. But it's a huge test because this is absolutely a game in the past that you know we would bottle it and and kind of fall out of the playoff place or things like that. But just like you said, it feels it does feel different. You know, it, it, and this one's a Friday game. And what you mentioned, too, about just the form of the team heading into this point of the season, the fans are going to be at a fever pitch to get into these games now, right? Whereas before they couldn't be asked, it's like, I'm going to go show up. There's only a few games left and I'm going to be I'm going to leave angry and disappointed. <laughs> but this feels different. You you know, the fans are going to pack it in on Friday. Um, are you going to be at the game, uh, the Shrewsbury game? Of course, I'll be at every home right. game. Um you're right, though. Again, it's the, it, it's the, well. That's one of the reasons why I think if we get in the playoffs, I think we've got a good chance of winning them because yep. 
because I think the mentality going into them isn't so different. Oh, isn't oh, we've missed out on top two, and I really can't be bothered for these playoff games now because we know that we've been working exclusively towards them. I know some people have said, "Oh, we win all our games." Some people in the group chat actually said, "Oh, we win all our games, we could get second. I think it was a bit tongue in cheek, obviously, but yeah, that's not happening. Sadly, if that happens, then fair, fair enough. I'll, I'll, I'll probably end. I'll probably end up dying a happy man. But, <laughs> but. Honestly, like I think the fact that if we get into the playoffs, the mentality this time is different because there'll be more relief to be in there. And then it means we're going to rally behind the team a lot more. And with, with being on a good run of form, there's more hope and optimism. As well, that win for me is crucial in the sense that Oxford were competing with us. We're now four points above Oxford with a game in hand. And Oxford's fixtures, I think they've got Fleetwood and Doncaster, yep. which on paper they should beat. Um, but then they've also got to play MK Dons and Rotherham in their last four which now means that we've forced pressure on Oxford, saying they have to win every single game to have a chance of being in the top six. So, psycholo- so although mathematically Oxford aren't out of it, from a psychological standpoint, that's a big, 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 sorry, big victory, that. Because it, and especially conceding late on as well, that's a damaging... Um, put yep. it this way, I think we could have afforded a defeat more than Oxford could, um, because we had more opportunities to make up for it. We had a couple of home games against really winnable sides. So that's a big thing as well. Um, but again, it, it, it comes back to the same word. It comes back to momentum. It comes back to belief, back to mentality. And you could just, I, I mean, again, if you go and look on the YouTube content, you can just tell what it meant to the fans. You can tell how jubilant everyone was coming out of that game. And there's a sense that something, well, hopefully at long bloody last, this will be our season and the one we finally went, the one where we finally get promoted. But we'll wait and see. Leave this terrible league, this cursed league. But so, yeah, Shrewsbury on Friday, that's a you know, home game. So, three of our last five are at home, which I think is a huge advantage for us. Um, Shrewsbury, and then the following week, we have, or yeah, the following Monday. So, we have a game on Friday, a game on Monday. The Monday game is, is at Plymouth. That's another huge game. And then the next one, Cambridge United, the following weekend. Rotherham at home and then on the road at Morecambe. And I swear to God, if that Morecambe game, it's it's an early one, too. Um, <laughs> you never know what could be. What's crazy is you look at the table now. We're 10 points off automatics. And I know that that's just ridiculous. But if <laughs> if we win all of our games, you just never know. Um, imagine if that Morecambe game could be not only get into playoffs, possibly automatics. I just couldn't imagine. Couldn't imagine. Imagine the and, scenes if that could happen, though. You win the Morecambe game and finish second. That would... I mean, I, 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 I know that. We know that's not happening. It's very, very unlikely. But it would, it would just be some. That would just be the bizarre nature of this league. That that would that that would <laughs> happen. In. And the thing is, as well, if you, if we didn't lose those stupid games, like you know, I know, I was just. If you look six, at the, the Fleetwood two-two, Shrew, the reverse fixture against Shrewsbury, with Accrington losing at home to Lincoln, losing at home to Doncaster, losing oh. at Chelsea a winning position it's though if we if we didn't if we just turned up competently in those fixtures then we would be easily top of the league that's the that's the frustrating thing but um as you mentioned the fixtures coming up uh, and you'll love this even more on friday when we play shrewsbury we have two games that are uh, involving sides around us so we have wickham playing plymouth and we have mk dons playing sheffield wednesday so now straight away for me wickham plymouth one of those teams at least is dropping points maybe both of them so, and then obviously same with MK Dons and Sheffield Wednesday. I don't think we'll catch MK Dons. So I'm probably more wanting MK Dons to beat Sheffield Wed there. But yeah, the point is, we've got, there's a real opportunity that teams around us will drop points. So therefore, we just have to win our fixture. We can only focus on ourselves, of course, but we are at home. Shrewsbury have been in decent form, really, to be fair to them, as of late. But I would still be very annoyed not to beat them. So 
I think if you can beat them, then again, it only strengthens your position with four games left. And as you said, even if you look at our next four, three of the next four are at the Stadium of Light, where you've got 30,000 cheering you on. Um, so, it, again, it feels like, fingers crossed, things start to fall in our favour for a change <laughs> against us all the time. Yeah, I'm just I'm just waiting for a Tom Flanagan revenge game on Friday. But I oh, like yeah, like we've <laughs> you've depressed me now. Cheers. Right, no, like like we said, it, something just feels different. He's gonna have the game of his life. You just know it. Uh, right, yeah, he's gonna come up with a header goal. You know who knows, but but like we said, things just feel different. I think that's kind of where where we'll end it. It's it's just nice things do just feel different. The momentum's there. We have everything's kind of shaping up behind us and and around us to. If we don't need everything to go our way, which is nice, we absolutely control our own destiny, and we just need the chaos of League One to take place. And <laughs> I think there's nothing. Yeah, with team, with teams, with teams are playing each other though, aren't they? Wickham are playing Plymouth, as I said. Wickham play Sheffield Wednesday in a couple of weeks. Um, MK, I think Rob, I think M- Oxford obviously play MK Dons, Rotherham and all that. Sheffield Wednesday go to MK Dons, go to Wickham. So again, there's opportunities there for teams around us to take points off each other, which means if we can win the games that we've got when they are playing each other, then it strengthens our position all the more. Um, for me now, and I've said all along, everyone was going on about, oh, we need to win all of our games to be in the top six. But to me, that was a load of bollocks. I didn't think we needed anywhere near as many points as what a lot of people thought we would. For me, I still think. Maybe three wins out three wins out of five would do it for me. Um, I think fifteen, yeah, fifteen points up to grabs. I think, I think a minimum of ten points gets us in. You know, so I mean that's and and I, that would be that would be sweating. Yeah, yeah. You think what? I think a maximum of ten gets us in. Um, I don't think we need as many again with teams taking points off each other. And this league is shite. It's garbage. There's <laughs> so we drop points, obviously, yes, but so will everybody else. That's what I've always keep kept on trying to reiterate right. that. We need, Not to every stop team's building everybody. we need to stop building everybody else up like the Manchester City or Liverpool. Um, you know, they're not. They're League One sides the same way that we are. And I, th- I think if we, I think the first target for me for the playoffs is to get to 80 points. We're on 73 now. So if you get, let's say out of the next three games, if you get two wins and a draw, then with two games left, you're probably almost there in terms of finishing in the playoffs. And as you said, three of our last five are at home. Uh, two of which of the home games are against very very winnable sides. The other one, Rotherham, Rotherham are not in a <laughs> not in a good shape at the minute in the league. So, Wild. you know, uh, it is honestly. I'll, I'll tell you right now, I would call it if Rotherham finish in the playoffs, they will not get promoted for me. Right. Because because how they feel, and again, it's like teams around us dropping points mentally and psychologically will affect them. Especially imagine if you're Rotherham though, you've been in the top two in the large cases, top comfortably all season, and then you might not even finish second. You know. I mean, did they did they have transfers in January that kind of? It's just I've I've never. Well, I was going to say I've never seen anything like off. it, but I think we've been <laughs> we've been like that. I know, but I, I can't believe the drop off Rotherham's had. I really can't. I mean, George Dobson scored the winner yesterday, funnily enough, actually. Uh, <laughs> just, that, that just if anything sums up League One, that does. But um, yeah, yeah. There's don't get me wrong. We know that there's still games left that we have to win to get into the playoffs. We understand that it's still a very tight call. But I've maintained for weeks, and Kyle, can, and again, I see this. Kyle probably knows I've said this in the group chat as many times to the annoyance of everybody, more than likely. I've said it. I am confident Sunderland will finish in the playoffs, and I think if we finish in the playoffs, we have a, we have as good a chance as any of going up and finally escaping this division. But we have to. For me, the one thing I would say that I would like to try and do, and I'm not sure it's realistic, but 
I think if we can try and not lose another game between now and the end of the season, say even if you win two games and draw three, that's nine points. That puts you on 82. That's very unlikely not to get you into the top six. If you're then entering it off the back of, say, a 10-game unbeaten run or a winning, I don't know, yep. nine out of 13, something like that, then you're still entering it on a good run of form. You're still entering it with confidence and with momentum and belief. So there's a lot of things we still have to do, but, you know, Granted, my blood pressure and heart rate would prefer earlier goals, but late winners, they, that, 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 the, the, I guarantee you those boys in the dressing room will be high as a kite right now. Yep, absolutely. So we'll be back Friday. Michael, I really appreciate you hopping on. And, um, you know, Josh, every time I do this, I, I respect it more and more because it's not an easy job. And so I, I apologize. Just listening. get me going on waffle for 30 minutes. Right, exactly. It's like I could just get Michael on and he, he'll steer the ship, you know, the best of his ability. And I won't, you know, I won't I won't name players who don't exist like Josh Clark. So anyways, whoever Josh right, Clark is. Before you, before you finish, are we finishing in the top six? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You just have to see it now. I, I said absolutely about 20 times this podcast. You just, the momentum's there. I think the team's there. The spirit's there. And um, it's With just all... who won the playoffs before as well. Right. Oh, jeez. It's just, we just have to. Don't get too to. excited here, I can tell by your tone of your voice. Oh, okay. the, the last, the playoffs have just been a miserable existence, but um, it's all boiling down to a Linden Gooch winner to either steal a, steal a trip to Wembley or even if steal Linden Gooch right? scores the winner in the playoff final and gets us promoted next month. I will retract everything negative I have said about. I'll it. get a tattoo. <laughs> I don't care. On, on, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah, jeez, yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, thank you guys for listening, and we will be back uh, next week to recap the Shrewsbury game. So until then, see you later. That's all, folks.